The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the Real News Communications Network. Thinking out loud without a filter, this is One Blunt Woman with Wanda Means. It's happy hour and this is... Wanda Means, I've been known to be known as one very blunt woman, and you are on the Real News Communications Network. I am your host, Wanda Means, as I said, and this is my very first episode, and on this show, we will discuss everything from tequila, to dating, to sex, and of course, who I am, and why this show matters, and why my mouth talks and doesn't stop, and I really don't know what's going to come out of it next. Okay, so... Everybody grab your tequila. We're going to take a shot. I'm with Kevin E. He's my producer here, and Sarah's here, and we've taken our first shot of tequila because it is happy hour, and we are here to talk about my crazy life and how I want to share it with you and why. I'm not sure, but we're going to. My ex-husband is probably closing his eyes right now. So it's find it best to sip tequila and not shoot it, as I did in Rocky Point in 1987. Tequila, when you shoot it, is not a good thing. So let's be adults about this and let's sip it. So who am I? I'm Wanda Means. I am a mother of four children, and I have two boys and two girls. All of them were vaginal births, and that's important only because... I, one of them was drug free. She was almost born in a Hummer on the way to the hospital. And by the way, I am, we are in Dallas. This is where I'm filming this from or talking, having this podcast from. So I don't know if you've ever had a baby drug free, but let me just tell you, it hurts. There are those who choose to have babies drug free. Go for it. I'm not one of those women. I chose to have drugs when the choice was there. As I rolled into the hospital, they said, you're a 10. Sorry, honey, this baby's coming out now. Ugh. It hurt. But my husband had enough time to get out the video and watch me screaming bloody murder while she came out flying out of my body. Little did I know I was giving birth to a pilot. So I'm a mother of four, two boys, two girls. I am a coach. I have coached volunteer for 10 years in the YMCA. I coached volleyball and basketball and soccer, track, you name it. I've coached it. Um, I've coached my girls, my boys. I don't coach so much because they really like men coaching. I don't know why, but that is what it is. I am also a real estate investor and developer. I built many homes in and around Dallas and some in Austin, and I have been doing that for nearly 20 years. I built my house last year in 90 days, tear down to move in. They couldn't believe I did it, but I guess if you put your mind to anything, you can get it done, and I guess I'm one of those kind of get done kind of girls. I'm a volunteer. I have volunteered at my children's school for the past 12 years. I have raised well over a million dollars for my children's school. So I'm just one of those kind of get things done. I haven't always been this way. I did kind of have a really fucked up childhood. We don't want to get into that right now. However, I'm an athlete. I'm a tomboy. I play hockey. We were the national champs for the women's over 40. The only thing we got for our championship. Now, don't be thinking, you know, we're going to be getting a Stanley Cup because that's that's not what we get. We got a hat, said National Champs, and that hat is now at the bottom of Lake Cypress Springs because my husband's, husband was wearing it on the boat, and then, of course, it flew off, and there went any memory of my National Championship, although I do have a banner hanging high at the Richardson Dr. Pepper Star Center, so if you want to see it, feel free to go on by. National Champs, over 40. Um, I know what it's like to 
as a parent with four children, I've been to a thousand games. I've sat on the sidelines. I've seen parents act like assholes. I've been an asshole. You know who you are. Own it. Admit it. I have to sit. And the difference in me and a lot of the kids, the parents that I see, is that I have played all the sports that my children play. And I play hockey. And my son will come to my games and he'll sit there and yell at me, Mom, skate harder. Mom, skate faster. Mom, get a goal. I mean, I'm probably the only woman that would tell her nine-year-old to go fuck himself. You know, that's probably hockey talk. Maybe you probably shouldn't say that. But now I know how it feels, how he feels when I'm sitting there yelling at him. You sound ridiculous. Stop. And you know what? He can't even hear you through the ice, through the glass anyway. Just my note. Let's see. I, not only do I do hockey, I play tackle football. Yes, I, just to give you an idea, I'm five foot two. I'm 120 pounds. I'm not exactly what you would think of when you think of tackle football. But I did play football because it was a dream of mine as a child and Nobody played. Girls didn't play football in the 80s in Dallas. They just didn't. But I played as an adult. I am also a lover of yoga. I believe yoga. I believe in yoga fully. I believe it is absolutely one of the best things you can do for your body, no matter what your sport is. Add two hours a week of yoga into your workout. It is absolutely ideal for you. And it also naturally increases your testosterone, which will lead me to a better sex life. And we will get on the subject of sex. And I will have lots of people on the show talking about their crazy dating life and divorce and sex. It won't be pornography, but it will be, you know, there's stories to be told. I've got plenty of stories about men I've been with. They're interesting. So, as I said, I am a divorce. I don't know if I said this, but I am a divorced woman. I've been divorced for two and a half years. My ex-husband is a great guy. We are still friends. We're still family. We're taking our kids to the Atlantis this summer, this spring break. We do dinner with the kids. We go to their kids, our kids' sporting events. I mean, we, we have a pretty healthy divorce. Our marriage wasn't super healthy, but we have a healthy divorce. So I suppose if you're going to choose one, you know, that's what I'm going to choose. And that's what I've chosen. And he's a good guy. And let's see. I am also a blogger. I have a blog. It's called Jesus Divorce and Over 40.com. I started my blog a year ago yesterday. I wrote, I started it because of my childhood was so messed up and dating is so messed up. And I just, I couldn't figure out where I was. And so writing really helped. And I've had a, a pretty good response. I, I've had well over 1.2 million hits. Not that that matters, but you know, it's somebody's reading into it. Anyways, it's, it's, it's very open and candid, and it talks about abuse, and it talks about giving your first blowjob at eight years old. That's not easy stuff. You know, I find humor in it. I suppose when you give your first blowjob at eight years old, you're destined to have a big mouth. Apparently, I have a big mouth. I have a lot to say. I, so I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, and not only am I a survivor, I am certainly a thriver. I have done really well in life, but don't get me wrong. I still have weaknesses. I still have moments. I still cry a lot, but I am trying to get together. So when my stepfather died, I was 40. I turned 40. He died, and I had a sexual revelation, not revolution, but revelation. I was married, and I could no longer be married to my husband because of my sexual revelation and I went out and have had a wild ride the past four years and there are those are things I'm going to talk about and they're hard and not everyone wants to talk about it but 
when you have the life that I've had and you've been told to shut up and you're not important, you know, at some point you can't listen to others. You just have to have your own self. So when we come back, I will be talking about Dallas dating do's and don'ts, although it pretty much applies everywhere. And I will also be talking about where do you wear your scarlet letter. You're listening to One Blunt Woman on RNCN, a mouth that matters. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi asking you to go to serve.gov to get involved in something you believe in. I'm a big believer in the power of we. We can tackle the tough challenges we face and build community through service and volunteering. The reality is, we're all in this together. It's time for you to raise your hand and make a difference. United we stand, united we serve. How will you raise your hand when they call your name? Are you with me? Go to serve.gov for more information about how to volunteer in your community. This message is brought to you by United We Serve and the Corporation for National and Community Service. You're tuned in to One Blood Woman on RNCN. This shit really happens. No kidding, Kevin. I have had men who have shook me all night long. I, I have not. Not to say that I haven't been shook before, but, uh, you know, just not that way. But I have. But, okay, so that leads me into my, you know, dating do's and don'ts. But before I start that, I want to talk about your marriage vows because I am divorced and, you know, one of the vows says, till death do us part. Okay, well, let's talk about when was that written? Oh, I don't know, 1500 A.D. perhaps? How old were people when they, when they, how old did people live till in 1500? 32, 33, 34. Okay, I get. Yeah, your age. Okay, I get till death do us part. You would die at 35. You wouldn't even think about anyone else because, well, you were dead. But now, let's face it. You know, you hit 40 and you're like, fuck, I can live a lot longer. My ex-husband's a great guy, but, you know, I needed a little variety. So, till death do us part applies in 1500 AD. Does not really apply in... 2016 AD I'm just saying please if you're still married that's great it's awesome I'm not knocking it but for me you know it didn't really work so let's talk about Dallas dating do's and don'ts and I just say Dallas because I'm from Dallas born and raised in this crazy very biblical town that we live in and I don't really follow the rules I've never been a rule follower probably because when you give your first blow job at eight years old you don't really follow any rules a whole new set of rules has been given to you there we go Okay, so being divorced for four years, I've had a couple relationships, and I've dated quite a few men. I even had one woman, which was interesting. Didn't date her, but I will, I'm, in, I'm owning up to it. I had a woman, and I thought that was interesting. However, I prefer men. Two women in relationship is way too much. We need one man to counter to balance it out. And all my friends that are lesbians, you know who you are. I love you. But I just, two women, it's just too much. I'm just going to throw that out there. So we're going to talk about Dallas dating do's and don'ts. The first and foremost rule that I have is do not date a man who is still married. I don't care if he's going through a divorce. Don't do it. 
you're dating an imposter. It's not worth it. Trust me, I have done it twice and it is not worth it. They fall in love with you because their wife has been ignoring them and you've come in and you're giving them all this attention. Oh my God, I'm so in love with you. Bullshit. A man says he loves you the first 12 days of knowing you. He doesn't love you. He loves the fact that you're giving him attention and his ex to be isn't regardless. Number two, do not call your ex a bitch, a C word. And we all know what that is. See you next Tuesday, etc. A whore. Don't do it. If you refer to your ex in any of those terms, you still have feelings for her. My ex is the mother of my children. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know anything else. Okay, just leave it at that. Number three, do not break the 24-hour rule. Do we know what the 24-hour rule is? If you have fucked somebody in the morning, do not expect me to fuck you in the night. That is disgusting, especially if you have not showered. I will admit I have done this once. I won't do it again. But I do have guys that will call me and say, hey, Wanda, want to come over? I'm like, no, you had your morning fuck this morning. I'm not coming. But thanks for the offer. Not interested. Number, I don't even know what number one. We're not going to number one. That's too hard. One of the rules is don't let your ex-wife control you. Dating men who are treated like a marionette and they're just dangling there and the wife has all the control. You know it. I can't be with a guy like that. It's just, God, stop. Just know who you are. Be who you are. Oh, and for the record, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. If you hate her, you still have feelings for her. Stop. It's okay that you still have feelings for her. Just don't let me involved in this oh my god I have been in the middle so many times I can't do it anymore okay don't talk out of both sides of your mouth men do that all the time they say one thing and then they say something else oh my god do you know how many times I've been lied to and I just look at them like really okay so moving on down my list oh here's my favorite do not pick me up in your red convertible Corvette I am so not interested in your midlife crisis you want to call me after your midlife crisis great so when the red convertible corvette shows up i am coming up with every excuse in the world not to go out with you rent a car don't do it but hey if you like your red convertible corvette it probably means you have a small penis and yes i did date a guy who drove a corvette and he had a pinky penis i sent him home my therapist says you shouldn't sleep with a guy right away i disagree with that i think you should because you need to know right away if they're good in bed and if they can, well, we need to really know how big their penis is. If the penis just isn't going to satisfy, why get emotionally attached? It's hard enough when we become emotionally attached to someone. If you're going to become emotionally attached, make sure they have a, pe- a penis that fulfills. Because I have to tell you, I cannot handle pinky penises. I literally have sent men home. Gotta go. And they look at me like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. Gotta go. I gotta wake up early. Bullshit. That, if I send you home at 2 in the morning, that's code for your penis is too small. Note to self. Okay, where am I? Oh, um, okay, let's, let's talk about the do's. Do be honest. If you're married, fess up. A girlfriend of mine dating a guy, he said he wasn't married for three months, and then he sends her a dick pic, and guess what's in the dick pic? The wedding ring on his finger, on his dick. Really? I'm going to have her on the show. She has to tell you the story. It's hilarious. I'm going to have several friends on this show who tell their stories of dating. I mean, you won't believe the shit that is out there. 
I mean, you're going to get busted. Note to self. And so she did bust his ass, which is a classic story. I, I can't make, I really can't make this stuff up in my blog that I write, JesusDivorceAndOver40.com. None of it is made up. I've decided I am not creative. Whoever writes Harry Potter, that woman is creative. I am not creative. I just have stories that I get myself into. I could talk about stalking stories. That's another thing. Don't stalk. That's so LA. We don't stalk here in Dallas. Don't stalk. Okay, a couple of my others. Uh, major one, please, please be emotionally available. I am not, I don't want to be your babysitter. I don't need to babysit you. I don't need to pack your lunch for you. That's your job. I'm here to be your partner in life, not your babysitter. Okay, moving on. Um, do you respect boundaries? I can't stand when people just cross boundaries over and over. And my favorite, only because Valentine's Day is coming up. Don't send flowers on Valentine's Day. Do it the day before or three days before. Do it when it means something. When you're told to do something, people expect it. So then we're, we're setting the bar so high. I want flowers on some random Tuesday for no reason at all, for no reason whatsoever that other than thinking of you. That to me means more than, oh, here's your dozen red roses on Valentine's. Thanks. Did Hallmark tell you to do that? Whatever. One last thing I should talk about. Oh, well, we're down to a minute left. So I've got to end this because we're going into a commercial break. So next, we'll be talking about the things that are coming up on this show and the things that I'm going to be talking about, upcoming guests I'm going to have, things like orgasms. Um, I'll be talking about divorce and the science of yoga. I love things like that. And the tough, taboo subject of abuse. We will talk about childhood sexual abuse. It is not a fun topic. But it has to be talked about. Don't move. More of One Blood Woman with Wanda Memes is next. Got a few bills in your pocket and you hit a happy hour with your friends. Hey man, grab a beer. Now fast forward. Uh-oh. You just got a DWI, mano. Time in jail. Up to $17,000 in fees and fines. Want to keep good times from going all bad? Call you when I'm done to get a ride home? Line up a sober driver before you go out. Because if you get a DWI, there's no going back. Drink, drive, go to jail. A message from TxDOT. Save a life. You're tuned in to One Blunt Woman on RNCN. And we're back. And I'm Wanda Means, and I've been told I am one blunt woman. Well, hell, I am blunt. I don't need to be told that. Hell, I know it. I mean, I own my story. Do you own your story? Like the scarlet letter? I feel like I wear a scarlet letter. You know what the scarlet letter is? Did you read the book by Nathaniel Hawthorne? About the woman who had the affair, out of wedlock, had a baby. She had to wear a big A around town. That's me. I have a scarlet letter. I wear one. When I had my affair... Everybody in my town knew. They all knew I had an affair. And my God, my scarlet letter was on my forehead. It was on my chest. It was on my legs. It was all over me. But you know what? I'm okay with that because I own. I own the shit that I did. Do you own the shit that you did? I mean, most people don't. They lie about it. They hide it under the rug. My God, when I told my mother back in 1982 that her husband had sexually abused me after that movie, something about Amelia had come out. She 
comes into my room. I'm crying. I'm telling her, oh my God, he touched me. He did things to me I didn't like. She looks at me in bewilderment. And they had been married at this time for about, I don't know, five, six years. She leaves my bedroom, goes into his bed, their bedroom. He comes back and says, you need to recant your story. Of course, he didn't say the word recant because 12-year-olds really don't know what that word means. He just said, you need to take back what you said. So I go back in there. I sucked up all my tears and I said, I lied. I made it all up because that was my choice at that point. 12 years old. I, I have no boobs. I hadn't had a period. I was a little girl. I was in sixth grade. I'm watching a movie about Ted Danson molesting his daughter. I'm bawling. I want to share with my mother this horrific experience. And I got shut down. Have you ever been shut down? It's such a young, impressionable age. Okay, so the subject of abuse is not a pretty subject. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's taboo. I have been on the radio before. I have been on television before. People don't want to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. I met with a news broadcaster here in Dallas, and she said, one of your story is awesome, but I can't, I can't have you on because it makes people uncomfortable. By the way, I am writing a book. Are you uncomfortable yet? Because I want people to be uncomfortable. I want them to be uncomfortable because they think this subject is so, well, nobody wants to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. Well, yeah. When a man sticks his dick in a child, it's uncomfortable. Why would we talk about something so awful? Nobody wants to hear about that. But I'm going to tell you, it happens every single day. One in three girls by the time they're 18 will be um, abused sexually. One in three. A friend of mine's a school teacher at the school that my son goes to. And I said, hey, what do you think you could talk about with these kids? You know, about, hey, nobody touches you. It's inappropriate. She goes, oh, Wanda, I would lose my job. And I said, oh, of course you would. Nobody wants to talk about the uncomfortableness. So here we go. I said, okay, you have 25 kids in your class. Let's assume 12 of them are the girls. So one in three would be four girls. So when you're at your class tomorrow and you see four little girls, you see your 12 little girls in there. Know that four of them are being sexually abused. Think about that. And you're uncomfortable with losing your job. But hey, maybe they're uncomfortable at giving a blow job at seven years old. Nobody wants to do that. Because I'm going to tell you, seven-year-olds don't need that kind of stimulation. I have been to therapy in and out for years. And I will tell you, therapy, uh, stimulation at such a young age will fuck you forever. Nobody needs that kind of stimulation. But... You know, people are in fear of losing their jobs. I texted the principal of my kids' middle school because the vice principal had come on and done a talk about sexuality and things like that. and What's appropriate, what's inappropriate. So my girls come home, Mom, oh my God, it was so awkward. He was talking about your private parts. It was gross. And they laughed it off. I'm sorry. Somebody touching you is not fucking funny. This is a serious subject, and nobody wants to talk about it. So, of course, I texted the teacher, the principal, because I know her, because our sons are friends. And I thought, well, I could take the personal angle. And what kind of response do you think I got? Zero. Nobody wants to talk about it. I was so upset. I'm like, wait a minute. I could go. I could talk to the kids in a serious manner. I promise you I won't Jeff, drop the F-bomb in front of a bunch of 12-year-olds. But I will say this stuff is serious. And if someone is touching you, tell somebody. It's uncomfortable. It's inappropriate. But no response. 
How does somebody not respond to that and say, at least want to talk to the communications director at the school district. They can help you. There are, you know, channels that we take to get this done. But no, let's have the vice principal talk about it, who everyone makes fun of anyways, because, well, everyone in sixth and seventh grade make fun of everybody, and they're not going to listen to it. Well, have somebody come in who it's happened to, who they can be serious for two seconds. And I told my daughter, I said, this is not a funny subject. This is something real. This is happening. And you're sitting in a room with 600 kids. Half of them are girls. I guarantee you 40, 50, 60 of them, something is happening to them. And no one is going to talk about it because it's too uncomfortable. Why on earth would you want to talk about something uncomfortable? Now, my show is not going to be all about abuse because abuse is tragic. And I can look back at my abuse and I can make fun of it, giving a blowjob at eight years old. I can find all the funny quips about it. Okay, I'm 46 years old. Great. I can find humor in it. We all, Amy Schumer finds humor in everything. I find humor in things. It's not funny if it's happening to you right now. And I guarantee you it's happening to you, to your daughter. You've got a boyfriend. You bring him home. And he decides that your daughter is more appealing than you are. What are you going to do? Are you going to let him sit across the table from you for 30 fucking years? Well, that's what my mother did. 30 fucking years I had to look at that man until he finally died. Well, interesting, when my son was born, there was no fucking way I was going to let my children anywhere near that man. One time he came over and he looked at my son, who had my first child. Mind you, I have four now. He never met my other children. He did meet my oldest son. He looked at my son, who is, at the time, was eight months old. This is 16 years ago. And he looks, who had just had his first haircut. And he looks at him and he says, wow, that haircut is sexy. I stopped dead in my tracks. I'm sorry. What? 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 Is there anything sexy about an eight-month-old? No. Not a fucking thing. So, if there, there are signs and there are things that people say and you need to watch for the cues... I left my mother's house immediately. I did not talk to her. As a matter of fact, I didn't talk to her for several years. I said, I'm sorry, you're choosing him. That's fine. It's one thing that he molested me, but there is no fucking way that man will come anywhere near my children. So if you know a known pedophile, don't let him run your children. It's not worth it. Especially when he's in your own home. Strangers are fine to me. But the man in my own home... I don't think so. There are so many women that choose their men over their over their children. Don't be that person, please. Your children are far more important. My parents chose their partners over their children, and they have suffered for it. I know this is serious. I don't want to be serious all the time. This is my last diatribe on this serious bullshit because we're going to have fun on this show. We are going to talk about, you know, even though I was abused as a child, I'm a successful woman, and I... So it turns out I actually enjoy sex. Who would have thought? You too. If you're abused, I'm telling you there is a way out. Don't be a victim. And on that note, we wrap up our very first show. Join us next week on One Blunt Woman. I'm Wanda Means. Please read my blog, JesusDivorceAndOver40.com. Enjoy your tequila. I saw him dancing there by the wreck of machine.